have energy. Energy! For our double whammy recording night. Mm-hmm. Um, podcasts are getting so hard. I know. Could you imagine if you if you had another job? It's too much for me to think about. There'd be no derail. <laughs> um, okay, how are you? How are you feeling? We just watched the second to last episode of the season of White Lotus. Of gay people's favorite show, White Lotus. <laughs> yeah, you know, I heard that Mike White is married to a bisexual woman. Who is Mike White, the creator? Yeah. Was he on, like, Survivor? Uh, why would you say that? <laughs> I think I saw an interview clip where Jay Cool was talking about how he was on Survivor. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's interesting. But maybe that, I don't know. I always assumed that he was, like, a nefarious gay guy who just had a lot of, um well-rounded opinions on types of people and then he like is he a gay guy is he an inter-orientation relationship no i don't know i honestly i didn't i didn't do my research but he strikes me he has a gay spirit yeah no doubt and in this day and age that's gayer than actually having sex with someone of the same (laughs) same gender i was a species (laughs) (laughs) yeah we watched the like new episode of white lotus episode six, six seven yeah something like that yeah the and now i'm falling asleep which seems to be a reoccurring theme every time we review something on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> well the last the last episode i think it's called cliffhanger which i guess implies that yeah somebody's gonna be hanging off that cliff um and this episode was called abductions which, I don't know if I witnessed any literal abductions. Maybe maybe a few soft ones. Um, yeah, that, like, ch- British chabby guy was kind of talking off. Um, also, before we get into it, I don't know anybody's names, really. I know, like, a few people's names. That's okay. You If you describe them, I'll just... I, I took some notes while we were watching that episode, so I have everybody's names. Okay, cool. Well, the British chav guy... Also, like, spoilers, obviously. Like, we're not gonna... Yeah, this isn't, like, a plot summary episode too much. Like, obviously, we'll have to draw on some, like, examples. But, um, yeah, we'll we'll just get into it. I'm honestly a bit brain dead, too. But this is what we're... This is what you people signed up for, okay? (laughs) Like, I'm done apologizing every episode for low energy. At this point, it's just what the fucking podcast is. Um, Yeah. Okay, yeah, so... The chubby guy, Jack. The chubby guy, Jack, was, like, basically talking off the assistant girl, Portia, Portia, for, like, the whole episode. They were, like, just getting fucking blitzed together, and Portia was, like... Not, in, not having it. Yeah, I think, like, the affection and kind of, like, charm of uh, getting a new man is kind of wearing off for her. Of this Essex man. Yeah, which I, whoever the actor is that plays that Essex guy is doing a really good job of <sighs> playing, like, playing that part. Yeah, he, um, he has all these, like, I, I want to use a different word besides Chavi, but, like, the, um, all his tattoos and stuff. Yeah, it's, like, Roman numerals and, like... A 
dove and like I was expecting to see one of those like star tattoos where like you know half of each point is like filled in yeah honestly huge red flag if you see a star tattoo on anybody's body they like that style yeah, the worst sex of your life <laughs> they've literally been in a no loads refused <laughs> like come tom event yeah literally and you're probably gonna catch something um um yeah but i don't know who's Obviously, your who's your favorite character maybe we should like start off by saying like where our allegiances lie within the cast um Okay, well, my allegiance does not lie with that Jack guy. He's, like, obviously just, like, a trashy kind of, like, goon. Um, yeah. My allegiance does not lie with Portia either. Um, Portia reminds me of... Robin. <laughs> Our friend Robin, like, okay, I was watching with her, like, the earlier episodes in the season, and I'm like, don't hate me, but... The scroll is giving major Robin vibes. I feel bad saying that she's giving major Robin vibes because I do fucking hate Portia, but <laughs> I love Robin. Um, Portia just reminds me of like every girl that doesn't have a personality that would just like shop at Urban Outfitters, and I'd like only be friends with strictly because we were like in a university class together. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, that's who she reminds me of. She has, like, no... She has no, She has like, no vibe. Like, her vibe is that she has no vibe. Exactly. <laughs> She's, like, no direction, half an ass. Like, I don't know. She obviously, like, feels unfulfilled and, like, hates, like, the state of, like, society or, like, just her being, like, poor and, like, manless I'm, like, working for this, like, elitist, like, woman, I guess. Yeah, which, like, I don't know. That would be not the easiest job either, because, like, I'd probably love it and be best friends with uh, Jay Cool. Yeah, well, gay guys love, gay guys thrive in, like, subservient roles, especially to women, because they're fucking betas <laughs> by nature. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't agree with that, but... Yeah, she is unfulfilled. She'll continue to be kind of, like, annoyingly just, like, depressed, adjacent, like, yeah. vibe. Her um, fashion is not not giving. It just looks like she, like, stumbled into an Urban Outfitters, fell on, like, a window display, and then just, like, <laughs> said sorry and just walked out wearing all the clothes. <laughs> Um, which I'm kind of obsessed with that vibe, honestly. Like, I love to hate her, and I'm glad that she's in the mix. Like, Sure, we needed her. Yeah. I think my favorite character is Aubrey Plaza's character. I love just how much of a fucking cunt she is to her husband, and how much she just loves cucking him at every chance she gets, and how committed to playing the villain within that, like foursome of like the of Cameron, Daphne, and like Aubrey Plaza. And Ethan. Yeah, like she's just committed to playing the fucking like frigid bitch the entire season. She there's a few frigid bitches on this like series, but she I love like my favorite cast member is probably Aubrey Plaza, Mm -hmm. but she's not my favorite character by any means. Like all the notes I was taking on her were literally like 
fucking spiteful bitch. Yeah. Like, all she does is, like, basically castrate her man any chance that she gets. And even, like, Daphne, who is my favorite character, um, Daphne said to Cameron, um, she was like, some women, like, really get off on cutting off their man's balls and then, and then wondering why they're not attracted to them anymore. Yeah. And, like, that was, like, very much tea. Like, Mm -hmm. it's exactly what happened. Harper, that's Aubrey Plaza's character, um, she is, like, I don't know, they present themselves as, like, the most, like, moralistic couple or, like, characters on the show, you know? Like, everything has to do with, like, social justice or, like, just, like, some kind of moralistic, like, yeah, principles or responsibility that they have, but, like, they're the most miserable they just aren't enjoying their life. Yeah, they've kind of positioned themselves as these, like, like better-than-thou, holier-than-thou ass people who are always kind of in the right and looking down on everybody else, especially, like, Cameron and uh, Daphne's characters. They kind of view them as, like, I don't know, like, apes, sort of, and, like, the way yeah. that they, like, they're, like, looking down on them because they're like, oh, they don't vote, they don't watch the news, they don't, like... They don't care about, like, the state that society's in. And I'm like, honestly... Me neither. Me neither. Like, <laughs> um, I don't even read the fucking news to research for this fucking podcast. <laughs> like, Honestly, like... Um, and I haven't voted in probably six years. <laughs> <laughs> you stopped voting when you were two. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the... Yeah, I always say this, but, like, how you spend your days is how you spend your life. Mm-hmm. And so, like, watching these two couples that are, like, yeah, on this vacation together, I'm, like, Aubrey and her man just, like, yeah, preach this, like, libtarded kind of, like, higher moral compass bullshit, mm-hmm. but they're spending their days, like, miserable, arguing... Not having sex with each other. They're never... Like, they don't show any affection to each other. And, like... Whereas with Cameron and Daphne, like, they are so affectionate. They're so happy. Like... They're just doing whatever they want. Whatever makes them, like, happy. They they know how to have a good time with each other, too. Like, when they're, like, shopping for, like, all new clothes and they're, like, dancing around in the store and stuff. Like, that was, like freaking goals to me like i loved that and they're just not taking like too seriously which is like a stark contrast to like ethan and harper who are just like i don't know kind of scheduling down every minute of their lives and just like not enjoying any of it it's so and like what a feeling of emptiness yeah and they have all this like success but like they don't they refuse to like celebrate any of it Yeah, or even, like, okay, when Harper was, like, yeah, like, I'm starting a foundation, like, to help, I can't even remember what, like, to help, like, single mothers and, like, yada, 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 and, like, that was almost, like, the chance where Cameron and Daphne would be, like, wow, that's amazing, like, that's what she wants to hear, she wants to, like, get fluffed up for, like, 
being a good person. But then Cameron's like, yeah, we're involved in a lot of charities, right, hon? Yeah. She's like, yeah, like, I give away so much money to charity. Yeah, she's like, sometimes when I have a couple glasses of wine, I'm just like, donate, donate, donate. Every time I'm, like, scrolling down on my phone, like, I'm just giving money to whatever I see. Well. And I'm like, that's the way to do it. That's on whether, like, um, Harper is putting, like, so much weight almost on like the fact that she's like helping people mm-hmm. and Daphne's like oh yeah I help people but I don't think about it all day like that's kind of the impression that I got yeah but the impact is the exact same it's yeah. just like I just think like Harper and Ethan like they put so much thought into every single action that they do in their lives and Daphne and Cameron not that they, like, they don't put much thought in what they're doing, but, like, the meaning is still there, which is important. And I think that's, like, the way that everyone should be living their lives to a certain extent. I... Like, less thought, just more doing. But, like, as long as the intention is still there, that's all that really matters. Like, more enjoyment, like... hmm And we do get to see, like, some kind of glimpses into Cameron and Daphne's life, too, where it's, like, not just, like, them giggling and dancing and whatever, having a good time. Like, when uh, they were describing the, like, complicated C-section of, like, the last baby or whatever. Oh, yeah. And, like, Cameron goes into the delivery room and, like, he just sees his wife and, like, the doctors are all moving around really fast and, like, literally her innards are like out on the table because that's literally what they do for a c-section is like take everything out and then put it back in Mm. hopefully your body's in some functional shape like when they do it that's terrifying yeah that is like real life like that's real trauma yeah that is real trauma Mm -hmm. and like they're not overcome with it yeah the way that like it doesn't rule them no which is good no. Which is like you have, to, you have to move on. You have to move on. And they also do touch on like how they're not like monogamous per se. They're like committed to each other, but they're not like monogamous. Yeah. Well, okay, so they know of each other's kind of like um infidelity, I guess. Delinquent, yeah, yeah. kinda actions and like almost can look the other way. Also, Daphne, like... For the sake of their own happiness. Yeah. Like... Which is, I mean... I don't want to say good, but I mean, like... I think it's good. It's helpful. Like, how you spend your days is how you spend your life. They're spending it happy, and... Yeah. There is some other, like... You know, like, their mask is slipping a little bit. Like, yeah, Daphne does do, like, kind of messed up mind games and stuff on her man, but, like... Also, Daphne hints to Harper, like, very heavily, not even, like... Pretty obviously. I yeah, like, like, pretty much straight up that, like, her, the kids that she has with Cameron, like, that's not Cameron's kid. No. It's, like, her personal trainer's kid that she just happened to have, like, mothered, but she, like, raised it as it was as if it was Cameron's. But they don't, like, really say if Cameron knows, which I kind of feel like... I feel like he probably wouldn't. Knows. I feel like he probably would know, because she was, like, she was talking about, like, how her trainer was, like, blonde with big eyes. Big blue eyes. Yeah. And how Cameron has more of a kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, but he, yeah, he's, like, a brown-haired, brown-eyed. tall, dark, and handsome, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, 
yeah, clearly Daphne is having kids with like the everybody. genetic markers <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> with everybody. <laughs> the like genetic dispositions that she wants. Um and that's why I think Daphne kills her husband. Um Oh really? That's probably one of the most like obvious predictions, but I think the liberals are gonna snap. I think it's Aubrey Plaza and um like Harper and Ethan. Like mm. I think that couple. Cause even like the episode we just watched, Ethan, um, like Aubrey Plaza's husband, is kind of starting to go off the deep end because he's like suspecting of infidelity. Well, and his wife is doing her best job of gaslighting him yeah into like basically just being like a stress case like for the rest of the yeah fucking trip she's tightening the grip well and she's like kind of yeah flirting like physically expressing some kind of like flirtation towards cameron more most in this last episode but that's been like building too like where cameron like first grabbed her ankle like under the water and she was like kind of shocked and like you could tell she felt kind of like violated for him just like you know entering her like personal space personal space but then when they're at dinner um some episode later then Daphne's like were you a bad girl or a good girl like when Mm -hmm. you're in university and stuff and Cameron's, like, literally touching Harper's leg. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Like, I think my my guess is that one of each person from those two couples is going to be dead at the very end. Because, like, in the very first episode, they kind of do, like, the, the like, I don't know. They, they skip backwards, and they yeah. find two bodies in the water of the resort in the first episode, and then they kind of start this, the season off like that. Um, and then play backwards from there. I think one of each of the two people from each couples is going to be, like, dead in the water. I think, yeah, that could be. I think that Cameron is probably dead. Mm-hmm. Um, because Daphne, I don't know, she talked about, like, husbands killing their wives on vacation and, like, yada yada. She probably has some idea of how she can get away with it. She basically did create some kind of, like, alibi for herself by, like, sitting in the chair and, like, gabbing with those other uh, Americans that were just got to the resort. Yeah. But I think that there was, like, one body in the water, and then the hotel staff guy was like, no, that, like, we've found other bodies, um, which makes me think that... The grandpa, I think he kills himself. Like, I have some some idea where, like, the grandpa is maybe in the water, or maybe he kills himself on his, like, Sicilian, like, homecoming that he, like, thought would be so amazing. But then, in this last episode, like, he run, he, they meet up with their family, and he's like, I guess I don't get a homecoming because, like, those, that just didn't go as planned. And oh yeah, I've kind of totally forgotten about like the the three the th- the father the son and like the grandpa's like plot lines. Like I just cannot be bothered to give a fuck. I, I think it's so boring. 
the only reason that I even semi care about it is because of the hooker that kind of like enters the mix and like starts fucking around with like all three generations of like men in that family kind of like even the more that the hooker hangs out with like the three of them the less i care about even her it's just like that entire plot line just like is i know her plot line is getting like absorbed or like maybe it just wasn't like really prominent this episode but yeah i kind of earlier in the season i definitely was standing lucia mm-hmm. i thought she was like um, using the strengths that God gave her, um, like, control over men. And men are so fucking simple. I feel like one of the overarching, like, themes of this show is even, like, the draw that, like, men have towards, like, adventure or, like, that could include, like, infidelity or something too. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the grandpa is an example of like a guy who like messed around on his wife and like thought he was being like cool about it or like he thought he was being like sneaky enough about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ruined like his wife's life. But it's very like Sopranos kind of like old tradition style, like like Italian husbands uh, have their goombas. I think they're called. Goombas? I think they're called Goombas. Like goons? No, that's what they call like their like girlfriends on the side, just like oh. flings or like hookers that they see or like yada yada. Oh, okay. And then the like father, so not the grandfather, mm-hmm. Dom. Yeah. Who was in the Sopranos? Mm-hmm. Um, he was just like more messy about it, and like that's very indicative of like his Hollywood lifestyle in modern day, like, yeah, guys do get caught for, like, stepping out on their wives and stuff. Yeah. So, shame on him for being messy about it. Mm. That's what's, that's what's hurting his wife and, like, humiliating her. And then the son is just kind of like a kid who was raised in this age where, like, it's all about, like, I don't know. Asking for consent and, like, taking all, like, the... The foreplay out of life, I guess, per se, by, like, asking, I don't know. Asking for too much permission. Yeah, like asking a million times for permission to the point that it just drains any kind of, like, sensuality out of every situation. He's the guy that, like, hangs out with Portia one night, then the next morning he's like, I really wanted to kiss you last night. Or he's like, oh, like, I wish we hung out longer last night. Yeah, literally. Like... Like, when you leave a date, and then they text you, and they're like, wish, wish we were still together, or something like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, shut up, like, you, literally. like, pathetic cuck. Yeah. Like, literally like, grow, like, grow a pair. I like, know. Like, I'd rather you ask for forgiveness than for fucking perm- for permission. My God. <laughs> literally, like, test the, test the fucking human experience a little bit. Yeah. Like, push yourself. Mm-hmm. Like push up on others it seems so like numbing to me to like go through life and like not expect even like the physical invasiveness of someone yeah like somebody comes up to you and like grabs you or hugs you or like whatever like Mm -hmm. are you gonna be upset because you personally are not like a touchy person or like can you just kind of 
let it roll off your back or yeah. like just roll with the punches that being said uh, the actor that plays alfie like the the kid that we're talking about like the son is so hot he's <laughs> so cute which makes it all the more tragic that he's such a loser and can't like he has no game <laughs> literally this like hooker like lucia basically like fucks him like the first night he doesn't even know what to fucking do with her like body body like, she was she's like hot yeah she is really sexy um she's got her like gorgeous tits in his face like fucking like playing him like a fiddle and he's just like there, like oh my god when she was blowing him and he's like can i come can i come i'm coming i'm coming, I'm coming. and i like, was like shut the fuck up literally oh. like uh it, it gives you ptsd we've, we've, like, <laughs> we've literally all been lucia at one point in our lives and we're just like god it's so fucking pathetic can I come? I don't know. Have you gone through puberty yet? Like, yeah, fucking nerd. Yeah, I feel like he was cast specifically because he like is this tall, like handsome Italian mm-hmm. guy who like he looks like Sean Mendes, kind of. Yes, and honestly, acts the same way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like literally. Um, I want to say the casting this season is such a step up. Like, if even like watching the episode today, that wasn't a great episode to be honest. Like, even just watching it is like fine because all the men are like so hot in this season. Yeah. What do you think of um the gay guy or like the old one? Um, I can't remember his name, but the oh, one yeah. that like brings Tanya and Portia to Palermo. He like comes into the show and he's like oh wow you're fabulous like yeah who are you like must come on the boat like right away i'm like this guy is giving me hope that (laughs) that i won't just have some kind of like fucking miserable existence like as an old gay guy yeah that's one of my worst fears oh my god yeah but you can like continue to you know (laughs) live um there's some sleigh there's some sleigh left in the line yeah um be surrounded by gorgeous young young gays like whatever i can see it yeah i think he's all right i mean his character to me seems a little one-dimensional but i was telling derek i think what's gonna happen is that um like tonya like jay cool's character is gonna get robbed by these gay guys like i think they're setting her up like she's a mark yeah like i think that like, I think they know, they all know that she's, like, this, like, fucking, like, rich-ass heiress. And they're just kind of, like, buttering her up like a fucking prime, like, blue-ribbon pig to yeah. just get, like, to drain her bank account. Something's, yeah, something's gonna happen. Like, the old gay guy told that story, too, about, like, the woman who lived on this island. She had the only house on the island. Mm-hmm. And, like, some, I don't know, if it was, like, mafia or like connected families or like property developers or something but they wanted to buy it and she was like no then she turns up dead Mm -hmm. and then the house was open to the public like quote unquote and and so it was all for some kind of good or something yeah also like tanya like that first day that um tanya and portia go to like palermo and they're like walking through like the estate of the gay guys tanya's like uh, it's so nice when other people have money because they're not, like, just chasing after yours. And then, like, this episode you hear from um, the chavy Brit guy when he was really drunk. He was telling um, Portia, he was like, oh, yeah, like, 
they don't even have as much money as they say they do. Like they're going, they're going broke basically because they're, they're living like way above their means. Mm. So I'm like, this is just so obvious that Tanya is gonna get fucking robbed. Yeah, <laughs> or at least they're gonna she... attempt to rob her. Well, we, I think we know that she survives this season mm-hmm. because um, I read something that where Mike White says that the next season will also feature Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah. And that it's going to be based in, like, Japan or, like, somewhere in Asia. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. But, and she's going to need all, she's gonna need some money to pay that next White Lotus bill. <laughs> well, the gay guy's mask also slips when Tanya sees him, like, getting fucked by his quote-unquote nephew. Last, last episode. Which, like, didn't strike me as an incest thing. It struck me as this guy's not his nephew and maybe he's just like a escort or like a houseboy or like... Yeah, I didn't think it was... I, th- I mean, I did think it was incest at first, but then like this episode you kind of get more like um, context clues that like they're not related. So it does... It kind of seems like the old gay guys just pulled this like kind of, like, recovering junkie, alcoholic, like, drug-abused, like, child. Alcoholic, for sure. Like, out of some sort of hole. And, like, he's, like, indebted to them, I guess. So he's either, like, an escort, or he's paying the older gay guys, like, with sex, I guess. Um, he, yeah, that's what I that's what I think. Yeah, so, like, I don't know. I, I almost, now, I'm just having this thought that Maybe Jack, like the Chav, mm-hmm. um, didn't have his wallet when he went on a date with Portia because maybe the gay guys have it. Like, maybe he was literally, like, sex trafficked from Essex into Italy. Like, maybe he's abducted and trapped. I was kind of thinking that he just, did, like, doesn't have any money. Like, yeah, yeah like, he just doesn't have anything. Because, like, the only time he can ever pay for shit is when he has his... Uncle's credit, uncle's credit card. Um. Yeah. So it's so, definitely some nefarious gay guy shit is happening. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Gays do have some kind of like essence of of evil. Evil. Yeah. Gays be lying. <laughs> um. <laughs> I definitely love this season a lot more than season one. I. Derek and I started, well, I started watching season two a few days ago when I was staying at Derek's house, and I was telling him that I watched season one, like, last month um, by myself, and I think I verbatim said it was probably the worst piece of television I'd seen in, like, a long, long time. Like, I did not like season one. I thought it was so cheesy and just, like, all the all the gags were so, like, I could see them coming from a mile away, and then even when I didn't expect something, like, I was like, oh, that's it. Like, that's the huge twist. I mean... And I hated the casting. Yeah, I really didn't care about the casting in the first season. Like, mm-hmm. it was nice to see Sydney Sweeney. Um, I didn't really care about Sydney Sweeney. Yeah, like, like, I don't really care either. I was like, eh. And then Jennifer Coolidge, obviously that was a gag in itself in the first season. Yeah. But Sydney hates the show because she like your roommates yeah (laughs) oh yeah sydney sweeney hates the show no sid was hates the show because she like one she doesn't pay attention to every second of a show so like she'll look up and she's like oh still nothing's happening but like 
Yeah. The show is all about this kind of like mounting tension, like between characters and things. Which I think season one, it took too long for something to happen, which I kind of do understand that because this season it's a little more fast paced. Like, it, they still do kind of have that mounting tension, but it's definitely like, I don't have to wait like so long. Because season one, there were full episodes where just nothing would happen. This, yeah. Well, and same with, like, this episode of season two. I'm like, okay, like, nothing really happened this episode. It's setting it all up for the finale, but, like... Yeah. This show, honestly, could have been, like, probably made into a movie. Yeah. HBO loves to fucking do these, like, nine-part, like, TV series just... Like, that are all, like, an hour and 20 minutes long. I feel like HBO, though, like, pushes the envelope a bit more than, like... I'm literally about to cancel my Netflix subscription. Like, it's a fucking waste of money. Anything that Netflix is making, like, they are wasting your time. Yeah, well, definitely. I'm watching, like, these miniseries and stuff, even, like, the true crime ones, and, like, they... They literally take forever to get any information, even across the board. It's just, like, dead air. So, Netflix, I'm, like... Yeah, I can't remember the last time I was, like, moved or even, like, like a Netflix, like, miniseries or movie or anything could even, like, hold my attention for more than 20 minutes. Um, and whenever I would watch something on Netflix, I would, like, just skim through it. Like, I'd, like, skip, like, 20-minute portions, and, like, I'd be like, oh, this is, like, still nothing's happening. Yeah. Um, one of the benefits of this show, though, is that it is, like, so picturesque to watch. Like, it's actually, like, the beauty of this location and things. Like, I am, like, fully enamored with... Italy. Right yeah. Now. Like, I, I'm fucking loving it. I want to go to Italy so bad. <laughs> I want to go to Italy and get married. Yeah. Um, where would you, where would you cast like season three if you, if you had your way? Um, or I mean like, yeah, where, what location would you choose? And now honestly, who would you cast in it? <laughs> I mean, Japan would be pretty major. Mm-hmm. Um, Russia would be kind of Slay? I was thinking it'd be cool if they had, like, a, yeah, like, a ski resort one or, like, some sort of, like, winter kind of backdrop. Yeah. Or India? India could be cool. Who would I cast? That that question actually would take some some plotting. Yeah. Actually, I'd I cast myself as the lead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did kind of like this season that they had, um... Is it Aubrey Plaza or Audrey? It's Aubrey Plaza, right? Aubrey, yeah. Yeah. I, it was nice to see her, like, doing something. I mean, I don't really keep up with her, like, that much. So she fully could have still been working these last few years, but... Apparently she's the lead in some movie uh, called Emily the Criminal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she never heard I of it. Never heard of it either. <laughs> um, but it's, like, nice to see her in, like, the mainstream, like, cultural zeitgeist again for, like, a couple months. Yeah. And like, she's a fucking babe. Yeah, like she's getting like hotter with age. Sp- speaking of celebrities that sell- make a deal with the devil, mm-hmm. um, maybe like maybe Aubrey Plaza made a small one, but I think <laughs> she I think she made it with Chris Pratt, who she was in Parks and Recreation with, because both of them were like kind of like trollish, like 
on that series, and then since then, they literally both have glowed up, and like, not not that I think Chris Pratt is like a hunk or anything, but he... He looks good. He looks good, he's yeah. like, he's the guy in, you know... Some he's superhero the, movie. He's the right guy for Jurassic Park or like yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy or like I don't know movies. Well, movies I'll never watch. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I mean that's the way to I guess ingratiate yourself to the public is kind of like start off being a little ugly, I guess. <laughs> like because they got their like big break like on what is it like Parks and Rec, and they were both like they weren't ugly, but they were like relatable. Looking. Yeah, like yeah. they looked like any broad on the street, basically. And honestly, even still, Aubrey Plaza is giving, like, kind of relatable looking. Like, she has a beautiful face, but, like, amazing bod. But then, like, in the scenes where she's, like, undone, like, more, like, pajama sort of vibes or, like, Mm -hmm. no makeup. No makeup makeup? (laughs) Um, Yeah. Like, she does look like a real woman, you know? Like... I also like that they have her playing not herself for once, which is good. I mean, I don't watch a ton of media that Aubrey Plaza is in. I just, like, passively enjoy her whenever she's, like, forced upon me. But I feel like any time that I kind of saw anything that she was in, she would always kind of just play, like, herself, basically, which is, like, the sarcastic, like, quick-witted, like, dark humor kind of girl. Yeah, dark humor, kind of, like... She just has some kind of, like, dryness about her. Yeah. And um, um, almost like a omnipotent, like, self-awareness kind of, like, in the role, too. Definitely. Like, Yeah, so it's nice to see her play just, like, a straight-up frigid, unre- unlikable bitch this entire <laughs> season. I think it's cool. I know, and she's, su- she's such a, like, rub-it-in-your-face kind of girl. Like, she just has an excuse for everything or an answer to anything and like yeah first day that they get there they're like unpacking their bags she's like hmm they're gonna ask you for money i'm just putting it out there right now like she just like plants seeds in her man's mind that like end up just like he's like unraveling now yeah definitely she found the condom wrapper in the room and like i don't even think that she does think that he cheated I think she just, like, doesn't like that he's, like, beating around the bush and, like, that she can't control every aspect of his being. And so now she's just, like, gaslighting the fuck out of him. Yeah, it's like when she finds the condom wrapper, she's such a conniving little cunt about it. She, like, finds it, doesn't say anything for, like... A day. A day. Just kind of mopes and pouts and, like, kind of, like, pisses her husband off and then strategically, like, leaves it out on, like, the vanity in the bathroom so he finds it himself. And then when he gets mad at her, she, like, turns the question around and she's like, well, you tell me why that was there. And then basically just, like, completely, like, rips the carpet out from under her husband. I'm like, she is such a little skis. Yeah. She knows exactly what she's doing. And, like, okay, so much about, like, their sex life. Like, she's, like, in this last episode, she's like, well, why don't we just talk about the elephant in the room that we're not attracted to each other anymore. Yeah. And he's like, what are you even talking about? Like, he was like, this is something we can work on. Like, you don't have to talk about this so, like, matter-of-factly. Yeah. She's like, our love has died. (laughs) He's like, okay. (laughs) She emasculates him, like, beats him down like no other. Yeah. When she, like, 
got kind of like sexy in the morning that time too and she's like presenting herself on the bed when he comes back from his run oh yeah like her husband's like bitching at her for not being like a morning sex girl so she like wakes up really early and like dolls herself up which was great i was like you put out for your husband like be a good be a good wife like yeah but then she almost doesn't know how to like land the plane and instead she's like can you believe um, about the other couple? And she, like, follows him into the bathroom, and he's in the shower, and she just stands there like, I'm going to be in a good mood today. Like, I'm not going to be a fucking bitch today. Yeah, but also she just doesn't know, like, the intention is there when she tries to do something good, but she even when she's trying to do something, like, sweet for her husband, she just doesn't know how to, like, really drive it home properly. Like, she's, like, laying on the bed in her lingerie looking objectively great, but the second he walks in, she's like, you have to fuck me because I did this for you. And yeah. you said that you wanted this. So well, you have to you... come fuck me now. And basically just like drains all the sexiness out of like what could have been like such an easy, sweet gesture, yeah. you know? And then she watches him in the shower like she's his like mom. I know. It's so gross. Like, it's like just fucking castrate him already. Like, I know. You want to. I think the guy, and, the actor who plays Ethan, though, like, Aubrey Plaza's husband is so cute, though. He's, like, so he's like so nerdy hot and has, like, such a hot, like, sleeper-build body. It's, like, one of those guys that, like, looks like such a nerd, but, like, when they take their shirts off, they're just, like, magically, like, just jacked, which he, is, like, so hot. <laughs> it's almost intentional to me to see how, like, physically hot he is. He's, like, a fucking Adonis. Like, yeah physical specimen to the gods Mm -hmm. and for what like yeah you don't use it you're like the shell of a man yeah it's just like this castrated like greek god statue basically um it's like a ken doll i hate them (laughs) (laughs) i hate that couple like we haven't even talked about um fucking hotel manager oh yeah valentina I think the hotel manager is gorgeous. Like, the actress that plays the hotel manager is beautiful. Like, she's got, like, a huge, like, giant, like, European... Diego-ass nose. Yeah, she's got a Diego-ass <laughs> fucking nose. She, Honestly, she looks like me. <laughs> kind of. Honestly, a little. She she, she has like, a very, like, avian look about her. Like a, like a bird, almost. Yeah. And, like, yeah, she's very, like... She's got, like, slender, slender, big lips, like huge nose, like big like, eyes, dark features. Like I think she's beautiful, but she is such a loser the way she behaves. <laughs> she's like, okay, I don't know. I have one take. Valentina to me, like I think it's a bit of a cop out to just like make her a lesbian in the first couple episodes where that wasn't very evident, like. Mm-hmm. She had a couple nice interactions with the, like, subordinate of hers, Isabella. It wasn't super clear that she was a lesbian. And then... It seems like she just... Because, like, in the first episode, she was just a huge bitch to all the clients. Like... All the men, especially. Yeah. And, like, I thought it would be more interesting for her to just be, like, a frigid bitch towards men because she, like, resents them and she wants to be, like, a strong, like businesswoman kind of yeah and that she like maybe lost touch with her feminine sensual self yeah but instead she's just white lotus's second predatory 
hotel manager. Gay hotel manager, yeah. Like, this woman is a predatory lesbian. It's literally like a copy and paste from, like, the last, from season one's hotel manager. But this one is just, like, a woman. It's kind of weird. It's like they forgot they had to write a character arc for this specific hotel manager. So they were like, uh, let's just reuse the same one from last season and throw in a lesbian twit, like, twist and hope no one notices. (laughs) Well, and also, Valentina's like, if... If Rocco is, like, giving you a hard time or, like, if he's flirting with you too much, like, you tell me and I'm gonna deal with him. She's really just jealous. Yeah. And hates men, as most lesbians (laughs) do. Um, Yeah, no, then she takes it a step further and then she's inappropriately, like, stepping up to this, like, Isabella chick. Yeah, who's gorgeous. I think. Who's brainless. Brainless, but so pretty. Yeah, she was very pretty. Like, her smile is like, lights up a room. She's beautiful. But not a lot going on between the the ears. Yeah. Okay, what other notes do I even have? Um... Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of, even watching today's episode, I'm like, kind of bored with most of the storylines. The only one that I kind of... The only one I do actually only care about is, like, the the foursome of the couples, like, um, with Harper and Ethan and Cameron and Daphne. Like, that's the only one I'm, like, genuinely invested in. The rest of them are kind of, like, starting to age out for me. I just want to kind of wrap it up. Yeah. Um, even, like, the like the gay the gays and Jay Cool and stuff with, like, Portia and Tanya. Like, even that, I'm kind of, like... Uh. I don't really care anymore. I can tell that's supposed to be, like, the main focal point right now, but I'm like, well, next. I feel like the, like, the most intriguing part of the series is the, like, internal dramas of these characters. And, like, Jennifer Coolidge in the first season, she was, like, so interesting to me because she had, like, such heavy, like, interpersonal kind of struggles that she was going through and like it was very like depressive and like no one can really like explain like your own depression or angst or like stresses to you Mm -hmm. like you kind of have to do your own like navigation through those feelings and like so she was definitely a bit more like dynamic in the first season yeah uh there was this one line where the um, old gay guy was like, you're like this heroine in your own Italian opera. And like, it is true. Like, she is like this very unlucky, mega rich woman who like can't find happiness because she, well, yeah, I guess has bad luck, but she's just kind of like destined to have these kind of like tragedies like repeat themselves. She also like, is like quite a negative person as well. And she even says that. She's like, when she starts hanging out with the gay guys, she's like, oh, like, don't you love gay guys? They make the perfect friend. Like, women are just too depressive. And they women honestly have a lot to be depressed about. Um, yeah. Well, they do. Yeah. <laughs> they have the most to be depressed about. Yeah, for real. Um, yeah. She... Which is why gay guys and women get along so well. Because women probably most... They have the most to be depressed about. Gay guys, close second. So, gay maybe. guys might actually, I guess, you know what, a lot of different types of people have a lot of different things to be depressed about, but, um, yeah, the internal, like, drama 
and narratives like are the intriguing part of this uh series to me like it's interesting watching these rich people on screen too where like money is not necessarily their issue yeah. or their stress mm-hmm. their immediate source of stress in their life but there's always room to find something else to be unhappy about definitely and so i think we we're just seeing like different aspects of like dark corners of like the human experience mm-hmm. in the show and i think it's really smart yeah i cannot imagine i'm like if i was like even had like a fraction of what some of these people in this season have like financially i'm like what would i even be upset about <laughs> i mean yeah a lot of things i mean like I guess in terms of relatability, I can, like, relate the most to, like, Tanya because she's, like, literally her, like, only problem is, like, that nobody wants her. She just can't find love, basically. Yeah. Um, a love that, like, lasts. Even her husband, who was, like, ailing in the first season, um, I was she- like, oh, this is perfect because she can have, like, a romance mm-hmm. that won't, like, burn out and he's gonna, like, die of this illness anyways yeah but then she saves him with her money and doctors and like whatever and then he just like hurts her and like turns around just like stabs her in the back basically like yeah she is the star of a italian opera Um, but even like when she finds out that her husband that she basically like brought back from the dead like fucking went to the build a bitch workshop and like brought this man back from the dead to like be in love with her even when she finds out that he's, like, cheating on her and, like, fucking other women, she doesn't even stand up for herself and do anything. She basically just, like, rolls over like a fucking, like... Victim. Yeah, like a dog and just, like, mopes around and feels sorry for herself. Like, I was like... No. And her husband just, like, bullies her. Yeah, I was like, girl, be a fucking alpha. Like, you have... Like, you should be the alpha. Like, you have, like... You're rich as all hell. Well, so, good for her, like, indulging this, um, little adulterous fling with the gorgeous Italian drug slinger. Yeah, he was so hot. Um, that was like a Italian opera scene in itself. Like, Yeah, it really was. Yeah, what did you think of Jennifer Coolidge performing um, as if she was doing lines on lines and lines of coke? <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Honestly, I'm not much of a like a J. Cool fan really. Like, her shtick is like it's, like, funny to me, I guess, for, like, a second, but, like, it wears off very quick to me. So yeah. I've never really been much of a fan of hers. I know. I thought I would do an, an impression maybe on this episode, but <laughs> I'm not about to. We're out of wine, so maybe <laughs> next time. Um, but, yeah, there's, like, a, I guess there's she's kind of in her party girl phase in this episode, so she's, like, railing lines of coke but, you know, with this Italian guy, and I literally turned to Derek, and I was like, as she's, like, railing these lines of coke, and I was like, ugh, it looks so funny, and night like that. <laughs> <laughs> literally, when, when she, um, okay, right before they started doing coke, she, like, comes out of the parlor or whatever, like, in her, in her dress, and, like, the old gay guy's sitting on the bed, and he's like, yes like fabulous like your dream yeah you're slaying like, you're like a salmon <laughs> he, he says something very specific oh, he says you're like a salmon i don't know you're a salmon 
You're, you're serving salmon. <laughs> <laughs> tilapia on a, on a platter. Tilapia. <laughs> <laughs> but I said, uh, that's me in Sydney in like 30 years. Like, <laughs> still getting ready for the ball. I'm like, yes! <laughs> getting ready to go get the early bird discount at Denny's. <laughs> like, yeah, so fucking funny. Um... Yeah, so she did make me laugh this episode. I thought she was pretty endearing. Yeah, I I like her, but... Yeah, I guess the reason why I like this season a lot more than season one is because season one, I felt like I was just seeing a bunch of rich people feel sorry for themselves with the least interesting problems on the planet. Mm-hmm. Like, literally one of the problems and storylines for the entirety of season one, which I was baffled how this even lasted more than an episode, plotline-wise, was that one of the rich like, husbands of the, one of the girls was complaining that he didn't get the right room in the White Lotus for the oh. entire season. And yeah. I was like, I'm literally just watching an extended TikTok skit of someone, like, act out, like, a bad customer service experience. Except I'm watching that with, like, a million dollar per episode budget for nine episodes. So I was kind of <laughs> just like, this is, like, the worst piece of television I've seen in a long time. So at least season two, like... The problems of the rich and successful are a lot more interesting to me, which is why it makes for a lot, much better TV, objectively. Yeah, there's um, a good mix of, like, rich and poor, too, because, like, yeah. I don't know, we didn't even talk about the horse, really, like, Lucia and Mia. I honestly, like, didn't, I don't really Mia's, talk with them. Mia's giving nothing, like, she doesn't know what she's doing, she's hardly earning any gain. She's not serving. She had, she had sex in a deconsecrated church and then poisoned someone. I don't know. It's just all those things were... All to be like a lounge singer at a fucking hotel. Like, fucking bottom of the barrel of a singing career. Yeah, like she's literally like committing like... She's literally dosing people and committing like crimes just <laughs> to be like a fucking lounge singer. Like a, to work a minimum paid wage like lounge singer job. So I'm kind of just like, okay. Now she has to like put out for this manager... Yeah, she kind of, like, pity fucks the hotel, the lesbian predatory hotel manager, so she can get, like, a solid singing gig, I'm assuming. I don't think it's going to work out that way for her, either. No. Like, she's going to learn, like, her lesson of, like, what? She didn't even really put herself at risk, either. Yeah. No, it's just, like, that's stupid. And then, like, Lucia, like, the main hooker. I don't know. At first, I was all about her, like... Um, yeah, I did already say that, but, like, now I, it's, it's a little vague, and I don't really care to, like, dig into it It's wearing much. like, that, like, what are these guys that are, like, following her around now? Like, she seemed pretty independent. Yeah. At first, and now I'm like, is this your drug dealer? Is your pimp? Is this your boyfriend? Like, I don't really get it. I guess, like, I liked them at first because it was endearing to see these two, like, local Italian women who were not wealthy or successful in the slightest get a taste of, like, the high life. Because it was cute to, like, see them kind of, like, count their earnings and, like, smile and laugh, like, on somebody else's dime. Like, yeah. But their antics are wearing thin very quickly as a viewer. It's kind of just, like, the same song and dance, much like the fucking sex worker lifestyle. (laughs) Worse than very Dude. quickly. All the glamour all the glamour dissipates from that kind of thing very fast. 
So we hear. <laughs> so we hear. <laughs> um, but yeah, honestly, at this point, I don't really care about them. Like, even this episode, like, yeah, her, like, quasi-pimp drug dealer boyfriend was, like, stalking her and trying to, like, kidnap her. And... Abduct her. That was the title of this last episode was Abductions. Yeah. Um, I guess that was the only, like, legitimate abduction, quote-unquote, that happened. But even as she was getting, quote-unquote, abducted, I was literally like, oh my god, just take this fucking girl off my screen. Like, you know, in, like, the old days when somebody gets on stage and they flop and they get, like, the cane and, like, rip them off? I was like, girl, get the fucking cane out. Like, I cannot watch this, like, plotline any longer. I'll be happy to watch the finale, honestly, just so it's over. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about it for five minutes on the next episode. But yeah. until then, do you have any um, final remarks? Like, I don't know. what would you rate this season? Out of ten. The first few episodes that I watched, I was really, really entertained. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I say this about, like, every TV series or, like, um, miniseries. There's always, like, three episodes of filler that I just, like, chop out. Like, I feel like they could... If you could, yeah. They could have condensed this into, like, four, maybe five episodes tops. They want it to be over a week, so I understand why it's seven episodes. I get why they're doing it, but it seems like they're kind of force, forcing some shtick that isn't even that gaggy. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a week, so each, like, there's going to be seven episodes. I'm like, okay, great. Um, I get what you're trying to do, but it's just like... I think I'd rate this season um, a solid eight out of ten. I think I'd give it, like, a seven, yeah. It was, like, around... It was good. Like, the first few episodes, I was, like, entertained. But, like, near the end here, I'm kind of just like, ugh. Um, Not like our 5 out of 5 star podcast. Um, <laughs> and everybody remember to, uh, to do that Spotify wrapped thing that I mentioned. Because um, oh, yeah. it'll put put a fire under my ass to uh, make these dope t-shirts and tote bags. Yeah. Another thing for us to hawk on our Instagram stories. People love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Feel free to block me. People absolutely love it when I have when I hawk my my modeling podcast career on my Instagram story. <laughs> oh my god! Um, at least at least you're doing shit. At least we're working. Um, anyways, um, is anything else? Should we should we wrap? Let's wrap. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye bye. <laughs>